Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, we're going to continue our study through that faith chapter. We're looking at steps of faith. Amen. The way that the way that we are challenged to live in scripture. So we're in Hebrews chapter 11. We are at verse 11. And this scripture says in Hebrews 11 and 11, through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even of one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about Sarah's faith. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I feel in this house on a Sunday morning. And I'm asking, Lord, that today, Lord, you challenge each and every one of us as we tell the story of Sarah's faith. Lord, let it challenge us to grow in our faith, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Would you say amen? Amen. You may be seated. So as we've examined the faith that the scripture challenges us to have, the, the thing that it presents to us in Hebrews chapter 11, we've, we've seen some tremendous examples of faith. We've seen some stories and we've heard stories that are about incredible faith, uh, that Noah, who had never seen rain, would build a boat, amen, that Enoch walked so close to God that he was translated from this life, that Abraham, after having received a completely unexpected call to go in a completely unknown direction to an unknown destination, that while he was being called, he obeyed God, amen, God said, leave, and he said, okay, uh, he said, leave your family, leave your friends, leave your kindred, leave everything you know, and leave it all behind. Uh, and Abraham stepped out on faith and left. Now we come to the point in the story, the writer of Hebrews, in the course of telling us Abraham's story, introduces to us a faith that was less than perfect. And that excites me this morning because sometimes my faith is a little less than perfect. But Sarah had the kind of faith that was less than perfect, but it was still powerful. Amen? Sarah is one of only two women mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 as examples of faith. But Sarah probably never expected to be counted among the heroes of the faith. Her journey of faith is a journey that has its ups and downs, and she arrives at faith that the Hebrew writer describes as, as being powerful only after wrestling with her own doubt. And as we look into the story of Sarah's faith, we've got to go all the way back to the beginning. Let's go back to where it starts. So we, we talked last week about the unusual calling of Abraham and how that he followed God towards an unknown destination with nothing more than a divine call to urge him. If you remember last week, we mentioned Sarah briefly. Uh, we, we, we mainly talked about her from the perspective of, of being an incredulous spouse who is suddenly so told to pack up everything you have, pack up everything in your life, uh, and follow your husband to an unknown destination uh, simply because he heard a voice that told him to go. 
And we talked about how difficult that would be to embrace, and we laughingly talked about the skeptical reaction of Sarah. But to her credit, the Word of God doesn't record any hesitation on her part. Amen. Whether there was any momentary discussion, Abraham obeyed while he was being called, and Sarah immediately became his partner in that journey. They left together on a journey of faith. Amen. Indeed, the promise that was made to Abraham had to extend to Sarah as well. Since God promised to make of Abraham a mighty nation. And Abraham was a man who had no children. Uh, but he was going to make a great and mighty nation from him that would bless all the nations of the earth. Sarah is by implication part of that promise. Amen. Amen. So when we first meet Sarah in the book of Genesis, her name is different. As a matter of fact, Abram's name is different too. When Abraham was 99 years old, 24 long years after he and Sarah left Ur and journeyed to the Canaan land, God appeared to Abraham to renew his promise. And as a sign that he was about to do what he had promised he would do, God changed their names. Genesis chapter 17 and verse 5 says, Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. So Abram was his original name. Abram means high father. But Abraham means a father of a multitude or father of many nations. And then it goes on in verses 15 through 16. And God said to Abram, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. And I will bless her and give thee a son also of her. Yea, and I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. So Sarai was a name that meant my princess. And Sarah was a beautiful woman. We learned that from scripture. And she was no doubt Abraham's princess. But she was a childless princess. Uh, and Sarah was a name that meant mother of nations. And so God changed their name. Uh, amen. But at the beginning, motherhood seemed like a distant fairy tale to Sarah. When that story began in Genesis chapter 11, when Abraham was just 75 years old and Sarah was just 65 years old, at that point, the scripture emphatically tells us that it was impossible for her to have children. Amen. Genesis chapter 11, verse 30 said, but Sarah was barren. She had no children. Not just that she had no children, but she was barren. Barrenness is a hopeless situation. Amen. By whatever cruel trick of nature, Sarah was completely unable to conceive children. No doubt they had tried. No doubt they, they, the continual failure to conceive a child is what finally brought upon her the label of being a barren woman. And now at the age of 89, childbirth would seem impossible. Her body has changed. The organs that produce fertility have died. Uh, they've long since ceased to produce uh, and to be productive if they ever were. And all that is left to her is a legacy of barrenness. However, when God called her, he called her the mother of nations. 
He was speaking a better word over her, Brother Henderson, than what she could see and understand. He was speaking a promise that was as yet unfulfilled. He was speaking of a destiny that was beyond her grasp. He was speaking of things unseen. Amen. Genesis 17, 19, And God said, Sarah, thy wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant with his seed after him. Amen. So the uh, Isaac is the name that God gives. It doesn't come from Abraham. It doesn't come from Sarah. God said you're going to call his name Isaac. But whenever God told Abraham that he was going to have a child, with Sarah and that there was going to be a son. His name would be Isaac. The Bible says that Abraham laughed at that pronouncement. But the implication is not that he laughed out of doubt. The implication is that he, he marveled that such a thing could happen. Genesis 17 and 17 says, Then Abraham fell upon his face. That is an act of worship. That is the language of worship. It's the language of submission. It's the language of, uh, of not of scoffing at God, but of worshiping God. And so Abraham fell on his face uh, and laughed and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is a hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And so he marveled in his heart that, that, that the thing that God said it was going to do was absolutely impossible to be done and his laughter was a laughter of joy that he at the age of a hundred uh, and Sarah at the age of 90 just a few months after this occurrence uh, would would have a child uh, how incredible would that be uh, and he marveled at the miraculous promise of God and he laughed both in joy and in worship amen but a little while later, God appeared to him a second time. And God renewed again this incredible promise. But this time, Sarah overheard what God said. And she, too, laughed at the idea. But her laughter was the laughter of doubt. Genesis chapter 18, beginning in verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying after I am waxed old uh, shall I have pleasure my Lord being old also Sarah laughed the laugh of cynicism uh, it was an expression of how unbelievable the promise seemed uh, it was an expression that scoffed almost uh, at what God had said uh, but immediately the Lord confirmed his word with a miracle of a different type the scripture says that Sarah laughed, but she didn't laugh out loud. She laughed within herself. She was too polite to laugh out loud. And after all, the creator of the universe uh, is, is talking to her husband. and She's not going to mock him. Uh, so she didn't laugh out loud. She laughed within herself. And both her laughter and her doubtful comments uh, were completely personal. They happened within herself. They, they happened in her mind, in her innermost being. Uh, they were never verbally expressed. 
But in Genesis 18 and 13, the next verse, the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Sarah's standing in the tent door behind him, and she can hear what he's saying. And all of a sudden she's shocked because the Lord starts asking Abraham why she's laughing. And in that moment, I want to tell you that her doubt was challenged. Amen. God's demonstrating that he can do what he said he's going to do. Amen. Let me tell you something about God. He's not afraid of your human frailties. He's not afraid of your weakness. Uh, he's not afraid of, of, of the imperfections in your life. Uh, amen. He doesn't require from you perfect faith. Uh, he requires from you obedient faith. Amen. Faith that obeys the word of God. Uh, and it would be easy to read here. Hebrews chapter 11 and, and reach the conclusion that the only way to get to heaven uh, is to possess this perfect idyllic kind of faith. Uh, but thank God for the story of Sarah because I don't know about you but my faith is sometimes imperfect. Uh, my faith sometimes falls short. Uh, sometimes I'm like the man in Mark chapter 9 whose son was possessed of a demon uh, and when he brought the boy to Jesus Jesus said to him in Mark 9 and 23 if thou canst believe uh, all things are possible to him that believeth. Uh, come on somebody Faith opens any door. There's nothing faith can't accomplish. All things are possible to him that believes. If you can just believe, everything is possible. But in the face of that kind of a promise, this father replied to Jesus with these words. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help me. Thou mine unbelief. That's where we often find ourselves. Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Faith is there, but is being harassed by doubts and fears and our own human cynicism sometimes gets the way of our faith and, and the faith challenges us to hear the voice of God, to obey the voice of God and to do what God has called us to do. But sometimes doubt gets in the way and causes us to stumble in our faith. Uh, the best part of Sarah's story is that when that happened, uh, God didn't toss her aside. Uh, God didn't say, I'll go find somebody else, Abraham, for you to become the father of nations with instead he challenged her genesis 18 and 13 and the lord said unto abraham wherefore did sarah laugh saying shall i of a surety bear a child which am old and this is what god said is anything too hard for the lord is anything too hard for the lord at the time appointed i will return unto thee according to the time of life and sarah shall have a son I believe that question at the beginning of that last verse was aimed at Sarah. Is anything too hard for God? I know there's some things, Sarah, that are too hard for you. 
I know there are some things, Sarah, that you can't do on your own. I understand that you tried for years to conceive a child and that you've been marked with the, the mark of barrenness and everybody knows that you can't have a child. I recognize that you have your limits, uh, but what I come to ask you, uh, is there any limit uh, on what God can do? Uh, is there any limit uh, on the power of God and the ability of God? Those challenging words were the turning point for Sarah's faith. When she considered the answer to such a pointed question, and no doubt it, she ruminated on it for days to come because immediately she lies to God and says, I didn't laugh, and the Lord says, yes, you did. You mean, it's kind of tough to lie to God. But somewhere down the road, those words begin to challenge her. I know this because she conceived a child, and this is the way the promises of God work. They're conceived in faith. Sarah's got to come to the point of believing. She's got to come to the point of recognizing that there's nothing that is impossible for God to do. He can do anything. Amen. Therefore, if God said that I would bear a child, then I better start figuring out what color I'm going to paint the nursery. Amen. Because there's a child coming. If God said he's going to do it, it's just going to have to happen. And out of her doubt, out of her momentary disbelief, faith was born in the heart of Sarah. And I don't know about you, but that provides hope for me this morning. Uh, amen. Faith was born in Sarah's life that wasn't just a weak, anemic kind of faith, uh, but it was a kind of faith that makes its way into Hebrews chapter 11 uh, in the heroes of the faith. Uh, Sarah believed, and because she believed, faith produced a miracle in her life. Amen. Sarah didn't believe at first. Sarah laughed at the prospect at first. Sarah stumbled first in her faith. I've got a message for somebody in this house on a Sunday morning that you've stumbled in your faith, uh, that, you, that you've messed up. Uh, amen. That you started out and the journey's been rough. Uh, amen. God's calling you to believe uh, that he can do anything. Uh, God's calling you to believe uh, that he can work any miracle, that there's nothing that's beyond his reach. Uh, there's nothing that's beyond his ability. Is is there anything that the Lord God cannot do? And so in Genesis chapter 21, it happened just like God said it would happen. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, who Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Now, before I talk about Isaac, I want to jump back to the text. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 11, the, the first verse we read today says, Through faith, Sarah, also Sarah herself. Put that up there. Through faith, also Sarah herself. The Hebrew construction of that verse or the Greek construction of that verse, when the, when the Hebrew writer says, Sarah herself, he's making an exclamation. It's kind of like saying, even Sarah. What he's saying is that even Sarah, with her imperfect 
faith. Even Sarah, who first laughed at the promise of God. Even Sarah, whose faith was weak in the beginning. Even Sarah believed and received the strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. Even Sarah, and if it can happen for Sarah, it can happen for me. And if it can happen for Sarah, it can happen for you. That's what the Hebrew writer is trying to tell you. Even Sarah herself, she who seems least likely to appear on this this list, even Sarah receives strength to conceive a seed. God worked a miracle in her life. My faith is no less strong than Sarah's faith. Yes, I struggle with my doubts sometimes. Yes, I I, I spend fruitless time worrying about things that God's going to take care of. But through it all, I believe that nothing is impossible with God. Come on. He's shown himself true too many times. Uh, Amen. He's shown himself able too many times. Uh, I I know that I worry sometimes. I know that every time a problem crops up, uh, I start trying to figure out how I'm going to solve it. Uh, And somewhere along the way, I recognize that my resources are not enough. Amen. But my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He's never one time forsaken me. He's never one time failed me. He's never one time backed up on his promise. And so I trust him. And my faith is at least as strong as Sarah's faith was. And through it all, I believe that nothing is impossible with God, and that's all he needs to work with. It's just a little bit of faith. Can I get an amen? There's a story in Matthew chapter 17 about a man who brought a child to his disciples in hopes that that child will be delivered of the demons that tormented him. And you'll remember the story because the disciples tried unsuccessfully to cast the demon out. And finally, in their frustration, they brought the child to Jesus, who immediately set the boy free. And later, once they were alone and once they were removed from the crowd, the disciples asked Jesus why they had failed. And Jesus' response to them is in Matthew 17 and 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. Because of your lack of faith. But, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. All God needs uh, is a little bit of faith to work with. Uh, Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Come on, it's a little bitty thing. It's a tiny, insignificant little seed. I mean, if I was Jesus and I was going to compare faith to a seed, uh, amen, I'd come up with something like a peach seed, amen. I'd come up with something with a little size to it, with a little heft to it, uh, something that has a little substance to it. uh, But no, Jesus likens faith to a mustard seed. The reason is simple. Peach seed faith may be out of reach for me. But mustard seed faith? Come on, anybody can do that. Anybody can have that measure of faith. Anybody can believe just a little. 
The reason is simple. Amen. God's saying that if you can just con Jesus said because of your unbelief it didn't happen, but if you just come up with a little bit of faith. If you just found a little bit in your heart, if you could just believe a little bit, amen, nothing would be impossible to you. I'm going to tell you why Sarah's story appears among the heroes of faith. It's there to remind us that God can work in our lives too. It's there because you're reading all these chronicles of this, this incredible faith, these extraordinary acts of faith. And then you come to Sarah. Thank God for Sarah. Amen. Because Sarah laughed at first. Sarah had trouble believing at first. Sarah at first doubted uh, the promise of God. Uh, but we see that even then uh, faith can rise in the heart. It doesn't take a whole lot. Uh, it just takes a little bit. Uh, it just takes faith like a grain of mustard seed. Uh, amen. And through faith also Sarah herself received strength uh, to conceive a seed uh, and was delivered of a child when she was past age uh, because she judged him faithful who had promised the reason she initially laughed was because it seemed impossible to her but in the end she judged him faithful who had promised it was the question god asked in the end she decided nothing what was impossible for her was not impossible for God, that there was nothing that God could not do. And it was her faith that produced the child. Now make no mistake, this was not a virgin birth, but it was a miraculous birth. Amen. What was impossible came to pass because she considered the one who made the promise to be faithful. She put her faith in God. She put her faith in what she could not see in what she could not understand uh, and she received that which she almost could not believe Amen. the child that she thought was an impossibility she would bounce on her knee she would call his name Isaac Genesis chapter 21 going back to the Old Testament for just a minute I'm going to pick back up and I'm going to start at verse 1 and read all the way through verse 7 and the Lord visited Sarah as he'd said the Lord did unto Sarah as he'd spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God hath made me to laugh so that all that hear will laugh with me. And she said, Who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have children suck, uh, should give children suck? Uh, for I have borne him a son in his old age. Now watch this. Uh, Sarah is still laughing, but it's a different kind of laughter now. The laughter of ridicule has been converted into the laughter of rejoicing. And Sarah quite rightly acknowledges the source of her joy. God brought laughter to her. Amen. After decades of frustration, after years of failure, after carrying around that, that, that curse of barrenness, after everybody looking at her in the marketplace and wagging their fingers saying, there goes Sarah who can't have a child. 
child, after feeling those feelings that happen whenever a woman deals with that infertility, after all of the crushing bitterness of it all, God brought her laughter. And she recognizes that this is a story that when others hear it, it's going to cause them to laugh too. They're going to rejoice too. It's going to be a joyful appreciation of the wonderful thing that God has done. Now that in and of itself would be enough. But there's a play on words that were in Genesis. There's a play on words in the Hebrew that is not plainly evident in the English. It centers around Isaac's name. Let me tell you something, folks. God has a sense of humor. And he told Abraham, before Sarah laughed, you're going to call the name of the child Isaac. You remember that? Sarah and Abraham name that child Isaac. And it's a name that is derived from the Hebrew word for laughter. The literal translation of Isaac's name is he who laughs. I'm here this morning to tell you a powerful story of faith. Faith that springs out of doubt. Sarah would never say her child's name without remembering. I once laughed uh, at the promise of God, but he was merciful. Amen. And when my laughter turned to faith, uh, he turned my faith uh, into laughter of another kind. Uh, that's the kind of God uh, that I serve. Uh, amen. He turned my sorrow into joy. Uh, he turns my years of barrenness uh, into fruitfulness. Uh, he he turned my bitter laughter into joyful laughter all because of just a little bit of faith. Verse 12 says, Therefore sprang there even of one, him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore in innumerability. Sarah's faith was joined with Abraham's faith and together they produced descendants that were as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sands on the seashore. Somebody said that the first promise God gave to Abraham was the sands on the seashore. Later, he tells him, look to the heavens and, and your seed will be greater than the, the, the number of the stars. Count them if you can, he said. Some say that that's representative of the fact that Abraham has two lineages. One of, one of flesh and one of faith. His children that would become the nation of Israel would number the sands of the sea. But his children that would be the church would number the stars of the heavens. But out of all, all of that can't happen unless Sarah believes with Abraham. I come to this pulpit this morning to remind you that faith is not a fragile thing. Faith is a powerful thing. It sees the invisible. It, it hears the inaudible. It touches the intangible. And it accomplishes the impossible. Uh, faith in this instance uh, was trusting that God was faithful when all physical evidence pointed the other way. Sarah believed even when the initial reaction was disbelief. Uh, even when it started with 
laughter. Amen. Sarah believed. And to me, the most powerful part of Sarah's story is that she believed even though it started in disbelief because we all struggle with disbelief from time to time. Can I get an amen? Amen. In Sarah's story and through her story, God reminds us that if we can just find faith the size of a grain of mustard seed, then he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we may ask or think. That's what the Bible says. If I can just believe. Would you stand with me this morning? I can't help but wonder as I prepared this and I recognize the very human and real side of Sarah. And I recognize the fact that her faith is liable to be a faith that appeals and connects better with many of us than the faith of Noah and Abraham and Enoch. We set them on a pedestal and we say, well, you know, they, they, what they did was, was nearly impossible. But we look at Sarah and Sarah stumbled in her faith. But she kept the faith and it produced a miracle in her life. I wonder this morning what it is that God wants to do in your life that may at first seem to be impossible to you. What it is that God would like to do for you. I believe that the same God who challenged Sarah's faith is working in this house this morning, and he's challenging you and me. He's asking us a simple question. Is there anything that's too hard for the Lord? Is there anything... Wednesday afternoon, I thought $4,500 for Sister Eccles' roof was too hard for the Lord. It was too hard for me. It was beyond my ability. My little $500 wasn't going to get very far. I'm going to tell you something. In the last three or four days, God has greatly exceeded my wildest imagination of what he might could do with that situation. We're going to put a roof on that house. God's working a miracle. Amen? Amen. And I believe he's reaching this place this morning, and there are others. You have struggles. You have doubts. You have fears. You have situations in your life. And the Lord's speaking into this house this morning. He's simply asking a question. Is there anything that's too hard for God? Is there anything that God cannot the challenge this morning is to come and lay it on an altar and turn it over to him and say, Lord, I, I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know where, but I'm going to trust you, God, to do what only you can do. He's asking your faith to rise up this morning. He's not saying leave your kindred and your countrymen. He's saying come to an altar and lay your problem on the altar and believe. Just believe. All you need is the faith of a grain of mustard seed. Just believe that he can. I'm opening this altar right now. I know Brother Ryan's out on his nursing duties and we don't sister Renee's in nursery class and I don't have any music and usually music helps helps everybody make that transition. But I'm asking you if you'd come and find a place of prayer for the next few moments. And would you turn your heart towards heaven? I don't know. For every individual, it's something different. I do know that. And I don't know what it is in your life, but there's something you need to lay before God and say, Lord, I just believe.
I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I can't reason it out, but I'm going to put it in your hands, God. I'm going to turn it over to you, Lord, because there's nothing that is impossible with you, Lord. There's nothing that you cannot do, God. I'm going to turn it over to you. Would you call out to him right now on a Sunday morning? Would you speak to the Lord and tell him, Lord, I surrender to you. I yield to you. My faith may not be all that much. I may have scoffed and I may have stumbled and I may have been weak in my faith, but thank you, Lord, for reminding me on a Sunday morning, there's nothing that is impossible for you. There's nothing that you cannot do, Lord. There's nothing that you cannot accomplish. Uh, faith opens every door. Uh, faith accesses the promises of God. Uh, faith turns loose the blessings of heaven. Uh, and I choose this morning to believe. I choose this morning to have faith. Would you call out to him right now in Jesus' name?